Hey, I'm Michael, online pastor at Silverdale Baptist Church, and I'm excited to welcome you to our podcast. Now, after you listen to this episode, I hope you'll stick around for just a moment. I'll be sharing about some resources we have for you, as well as a few things going on at Silverdale right now that we would love for you to be a part of. Now, I really hope this podcast is just what you need today to help you in your relationship with Jesus. It's a privilege. It is a privilege for the church to assemble. It's a privilege that we have to come study the Word of God together because it's through the study of God's Word that we get to see a clearer picture of God. He has revealed Himself in Scripture, and we don't want to ascribe things to Him that are untrue. We want Him to tell us things about Him, and then we want to submit to Him And that's exactly what we're studying in the book of Jude. It is. We're talking through that, um, and that's what we're studying, right? Book of Jude, 25 verses, very short book, a lot of powerful truths, a lot of deep theological things. Um, Last week, we began. um, We began, we looked at verses 1 and 2. If you weren't here last week, you can go back and you can listen to it on our church app, on our church Facebook page, or actually for this service, there's a Facebook page. You can like the page, and you can get all the information, but you can listen to it. But real quickly, this is, this is how Jude began his letter. This is a letter, all right? He begins, um, verse 1, he just introduces himself. He goes, man, my name is Jude. I'm a doulos. I'm a servant. I'm a bondservant of Jesus, and I am the brother of James, or otherwise, I am the half-brother of Jesus. And then he identifies who this letter was written to. It was written to the church, those who are called, loved, and kept. All the depths there could go on. For a very long time, tremendous truths. And then he, verse 2, he said a really brief prayer. And so today we're going to continue. We're going to pick up where we left off. Today we're looking at verse 3 and verse 4. Now before we look to them, I want to just kind of um, go over something that is lost. A lot of people don't pay attention to this. This is something that you can easily miss. But Jude does something very interesting going from verse 2 to verse 3. You see, it was customary back in the day, 2,000 years ago. Now, it'd be lost on us today, but 2,000 years ago. You can, no, wait, you can actually read all the, the New Testament letters, especially those by Paul. And after they introduce themselves, and after they identify who the letter is to, they usually follow with giving a thanksgiving. Right? Or the, and they also give this a longer kind of prayer. Jude doesn't do that. It's, it's really unusual. This is the only book that this does is Jude does not give us a proper greeting. He gives the bare minimum. It's kind of shocking. If you were there 2,000 years ago, you received this letter, you say, well, wait, 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 this letter ain't a normal letter. This letter has um, left off something, and it would indicate that Jude has something of immense importance that he wants to say. It just grabs you. It jumps out. James does, I mean, Jude does not have time for small talk. He doesn't have time to beat around the bush. There is something of such importance. There is something that's so weighty on his mind that he does not have time to give us a lengthy introduction. So you might ask, what is it? Hey, Jude, what is it that is causing you not to give us a proper introduction? So you can ask that, and the answer is, false teachers, now we're going to talk about this today, but the answer is false teachers had gained entry into the church, and they were twisting the gospel. Sound doctrine is under siege. 
That is what is so important. That is what is compelling Jude to jump right into this, all right? But here's the deal. We as a people, we need not be surprised about this. The fact is, is this information isn't that new. The evil one has been attacking sound doctrine from the very beginning. Truth is constantly under attack. Briefly, I was thinking about this. Um, you go back... You go, you go back to Genesis, right? You got Genesis chapter 3. You can read it, but you got Adam and Eve. They're in the Garden of Eden, all right? Now, what I'm about to set up is what happened in the time of Jude, and it's what's happening even today. You get, you get, you get Adam, you get Eve. God clearly communicates to them. Adam, Eve, there's a lot of good things you can do. I have created almost an infinite number of good things for you to enjoy and to delight yourself in. But you know what? There's one thing you can't do. God was very specific. God was very clear. Adam and Eve understood. All right. You get to chapter 3, Genesis. Satan comes in and he twists what God has said. It's the same thing Satan does today. What does he do? This is a, this is a, you guys, you've got to pay attention because you're going to get this. This is still today the very same thing. Satan asked this. Is that what God really said? Adam and Eve, in Jude time, in our time today, are you sure that's what God said? Are you certain that God said? And then Satan does a second thing to Adam and Eve. He says, are you, are you certain that's what God said? And then he does this. He says, God is actually trying to keep something good from you. And he says, that subtle twist, that twisting. What God said is not good for you. God's the keeper of joy. He's trying to keep joy from you and not give joy to you. Once again, I would say every hit against sound doctrine today that you're going to run into is based in this to some degree, it's foundational. Did God really say that? And it is, if God did say that, it appears to me he's trying to keep something good for you. And so Jude sees this. He sees it in the day at his time, and it's rampant today. He ain't got time for small talk, so he briefly introduces himself. He tells briefly who this letter is. False, teach False teachers are in the house and so verses 3 and 4, he's going to work this out. He jumps right into it, and so shall we. Verse 3, here's what he's going to do. We're going to see the case argued. He goes right to it, church. Ain't got, got no time to waste with you telling you all sorts. Of, I'm getting right to the point. I'm going to argue my case. Here it is, okay? We're going to look at it. Now, real quick, before we get to verse 3, I want to, um, I want to ask you a question. Here's my question. This is for everyone here. And I want you to answer it, not out loud, all right? Don't answer this out loud, but I want you to think in your head. It's a yes, no question, all right? Do you think of yourself as a theologian, all right? Yes, no. Do you view yourself as a theologian, or do you think theologians are other people? It's a question. Because here's the answer to this question. You are a theologian. Every one of you, if you entertain thoughts about God, if you think about God, you're a theologian. You have thoughts about God. So the question is, you're already a theologian. The question is, are you a good theologian or are you a poor theologian? That's the question. And that's what Jude is concerned about. He wants everyone in the church 
to be a good theologian, to think right thoughts about God, to ascribe things to God that God has said is true about him, and not to ascribe things to God that are untrue of who God is. The question is, do you think you're a theologian? Because I think it's really helpful if we say, I am a theologian. I think about God. I've got thoughts on God, all right? So, Verse 3, let's read it, and he's going to show us he wants us all to be good theologians. Verse 3, here's what he says. Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. All right. He's going to give us three reasons why he wrote this letter and three reasons why we must be good theologians. Every one of us is without excuse. As soon as God saves you, man, you want to be a good theologian. So, three reasons. First thing he says, for our common salvation. For our common salvation. I'll read the first of it once again. Beloved. Although I was very eager to write to you about our, there it is, common salvation. I want you to notice something real quickly. This is kind of a, um, a side point. But I want you to notice that very first word in verse 3 is beloved. This is the third time that Jude has told us in three verses that we are a loved people. Verse number one, he says, you're loved by God the Father. Verse number two, he prayed that we would experience love and increasing, increasing abundance now, he declares, church, you are beloved. He's beating this in our head. He wants us to know that we are a loved people. And then he says, by God. And then he says, I was very eager. He's eager. He's excited. He's like, man, I, I can hardly wait to talk to you about salvation. He is like, I'm writing this about salvation. I like singing about salvation, preaching about salvation, talking about salvation, praying about salvation, shouting about salvation, because salvation is so amazing. There's nothing like it. Maybe you, maybe you got a friend like that. Maybe you got a friend, you know, maybe you're one of these guys. I, I think about, I mean, I was just, I was just, I was, Grant, you're sitting right there. You, you come to mind. Exactly. Every time I talk to you, man, you're talking about Jesus. I, 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 I never, like he called me the other day. You called me the other day, right? It shows up Grant. In my head, I'm like, this guy wants to talk about Jesus. That's exactly and, and it was true. You talked about Jesus. But my point is this. That's not to make much of him, all right? I'm just saying God saved him. But anyway, the point is, that's, that's Jude. Jude's like, man, I want to talk about Jesus. Well, come on, and I want to talk about our common salvation. Okay, okay, well, this is interesting. Notice the word, that adjective. Connected to salvation is common, right? Jude is saying, Christian, the one thing we all got in common, not our education, not our language, not our skin color, the one thing we all got in common is our salvation. The one thing we got in common is Jesus. The men and women on this side of the church, the one thing you got in common with the men and women on this side of the church, you love Jesus. You got Jesus. And we, listen, I've talked about this before, but the one thing that connects some of us, the only thing that connects some of us is Jesus. Amen. Yeah, because we wouldn't normally, some of we wouldn't normally be hanging out with each other, but we love Jesus. We love Jesus. So first he says, man, listen, 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 you've got to be a good theologian. Why? For our common salvation. 
But he goes on. He says, second, also, well, man, he's going to take it deep. He says, for our need to contend. Contend. I'm going to keep going on this. I'm going to spend a little bit of time on this one. For, nor I found it necessary to write appealing to you. Here we go, church. To contend for the faith. Notice the word necessary. He's like, hey, hey, church, this is not optional. This is necessary. Jude's like, man, I got a heavy burden, right? I got a mandate. I got an obligation. Something has been laid upon me, and I cannot simply do nothing about it. Therefore, I am appealing to you, church. I am appealing to each and every one of you. I want you to do something. All right, cool. Hey, Jude, what is it that you would have us do, Jude? What is it? He says, I want you to contend for the faith. Con- contend for the faith. Now, that sounds good, man. It does. But, but here's my question. <laughs> what does that mean, Jude? Like, 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 what do you want me to do? So let's break it down, all right? Contend, the word contend means to defend vigorously and continually, all right? Okay, okay, no, 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 okay, 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 Jude. What is it that you would have me to defend so vigorously and continually? He says, the object of this contending is our faith. What's the faith? What does that mean, our faith? That is the content of the things that we believe. The content, the doctrine of the things that we know to be true. He wants us to defend it. Here's the deal. When doctrine goes bad, so do hearts. I've said this a hundred times, and I say it to myself. It matters what you believe. It matters. It matters what you believe. I got, I can, I can, confession time, man. I'm not saying I got it all nailed down now. I'm not, but I'm going to tell you, I have held some really silly notions about God. I have. And this is when I was younger in the faith and, and, and just some silly notions. I pray, man, God, I, I thank God there were some men who lovingly and graciously and not in a judgmental way come up to me. And they came up to me and they said, Travis, we noticed that you were holding some views about God. We don't think those views are correct. Once again, this is lovingly. I'm compressing it. And they asked me this. I said, how did you land on those thoughts about God, Travis? Where did they come from? Now, I wasn't being defensive because these were men who loved me. And I said, I don't know. Is that not in the Bible? And they're like, no, have you read the Bible? And I'm like, you know, some of it. <laughs> you know? I praise God for men who contended for the faith. We want to be a people who contend for the faith. Now, I want to talk about contending. Here's something I've discovered in my life. Every one of us naturally contends for the things that we find or think are important. Like, you don't, you ain't ain't got to ask someone to contend for something they love, something they want to protect, something they, they, they value, they naturally contend for them. In other words, every person here, every person here, every person listening or watching this, every one of you will naturally contend for the things that you 
love. I want to give you an example. Man, I learned, man, I've been here in the southeast for about a decade, and I learned it, man. I learned it. I'm telling you, a lot of people, what is it? People, there's some things, there's some things that, that will just get under some people's skin, and they're going to contend for it. Usually, in the southeast, you know, it's football, man. It's football. I've been there, man. I've been there. I've been there. I've been like at lunch with a guy. And I, I'm, not, I, I'm on nobody's team. I'm not, I don't, it's whatever. It's all good. I'm glad some of you love football, and it's good. I'm not, a, I'm not an unfan. I'm just not a big fan. But, uh, but we'll be sitting there, some guy talking about a football team, okay? He's talking about his favorite SEC football team, okay? We're just having lunch, maybe at Jason's Deli, whatever. And then he'll start, he starts talking trash about another team, all right? I don't know who the team is, but he's talking trash about it. All of a sudden, there's another guy at two tables over. We don't know the guy. He thinks it's his business to insert himself into our conversation because he don't like the way we, that guy's talking about his team. And I'm like, what's he doing? Well, I don't get it. But this is the deal. He loves the other team, and he naturally contends. And, and we do. We, we naturally contend for the things that we find valuable and love. Um, one time, what? One time, man, I, I mean, I got in some deep, man, I got in over my head one time. I'll tell you the story of this. I did this. I discovered this. I have discovered this, that I also naturally contend for things that I find valuable. When we were in Africa, we were there for nine years, for the last seven years, I'm not good at math, for a while, okay? The last part we were there. We live in Dar es Salaam. It's not a... It's not an unsafe place, but it's not a real safe place, right? So, so we, got, we got our house, and our house, I know this is going to sound odd to all of you, but this is just the way it was. Had our house, we got our big walls all around the house. They got spikes on, on, on the walls. You got a big gate. You got guard dogs, and I got a guard. I got, I got, guys, I had a guard that had a bow and arrow. How cool is that? That's so cool, man. I didn't have Facebook then, because if I did, that would have been, you know, up there, dude. You got... Anyway, so when you leave the leave, you got to manually open the gates because electricity doesn't work really, and not often. You go out, and then you got to close the gate. So this one time, we come we coming back home. I pull up to the gate. Charity gets out of the car, and she opens the gate. But as she's getting out of the car, there's about eight, five to eight guys across the street at this little makeshift bar, and they're drinking, and they start saying some really unkind things to my wife in Swahili. I'm guessing they think that we don't know Swahili. And I don't know. It's like there's like, there's like a switch. It's like, I don't know. I don't know. So I pull in, the, I pull in, in, the, in and, I, and I turn the car off, and I look at Charity, and I said, go in the house. I'll be back. And, and, and I go. I close the gate, and I, I walk, man, I walk straight up to these guys, and I'm talking Swahili, and I'm just saying, I'm like, which one of you guys are disrespecting my wife like this? And, and, and I'm like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, I'm not good at math, but eight to one never works out well, man. But God's gracious, God's gracious. And it, they saw that I was mad, and they, they all looked at each other, and they said, oh, 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 that guy, he just, he just left. He left. That's what they said. And, and then I start laughing. I'm like, praise God, praise God, praise God, because I was about to break all of your hands on my face. That's what I was going to do. But, calm down, I did share the gospel with them all, and it was a good encounter, eventually. But the point is this, you, you, don't, you don't have to ask me to contend for my wife, I, I do that. Likewise, let's take this, this is what Jude's saying, church, 
We need to naturally value and love and esteem the doctrine that represents our great God. We need to naturally be a people who lovingly and graciously, you sitting there, you be careful, but you sitting there maybe at Jason's Deli, two tables over, someone just running your great God into the ground? Should you not, I'm not saying lovingly or graciously, find a way to say, hey guys, maybe do it lovingly and graciously, but you know what I'm saying, we gotta start, you can be at your table, you start praying for them. But let's contend, all right, let's keep moving, let's keep moving. Next thing he says, third reason, we do this for our faith delivered. That's the way I said it, there could have been different ways to say it, but here's, let me say it, this is what he says, end of verse three. That was once for all delivered to the saints. Now, real quickly, a saint, according to the Bible, is a man or woman whom has been saved. Any born-again man or woman, any Christian, is called a saint in the Bible. Jude is reminding us that there is a faith there is a doctrine, there is a truth. There are truths that have been delivered to us. You know, how, how, how? How was the things that I know about God delivered to me? How was this Christian faith delivered to you and I? Well, the Bible says it shows us New Testament through the apostles, through their associates, through 2,000 years of men and women faithfully proclaiming this. You get the New Testament, you get the Old Testament, and that is where we find the true knowledge of Jesus Christ. Everything that you need for a life of godliness and goodness is contained in the Bible. Yeah, Jude is like, church, remember where you received this. Like these truths are not something to be discarded. You did not just get this from a Cracker Jack box. Do they even have Cracker Jack boxes anymore? I don't know. Do they? He's looking down laughing at me, maybe. Point is, this isn't junk, man. This was given to us by the living God. It's final. He says, it's been delivered, oh man, one time for all people. One time, all people. So it's not uncommon. You can run around. You can find people who try to add to this, update it every week. It's not like an app in your phone that needs to be updated every week or month or whatever. It is final. Paul says it like this. I'm going to read this to you. It's good. Galatians chapter 1, verse 8. He says this, But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, what? Let him be accursed. It's powerful words. I don't have time for this, but I do want to let you know um, it's interesting to me that both Islam and Mormonism received their extra information from angels. Once again, I think this is a powerful precursor for what God knew would come. But either way, there are people. Let me put it to you this way. I have had lovely people whom I love, men and women, men, men, specifically men, men come into my office and they are involved in a sin, right? They're involved in the sin. And they will sit down and they will tell me why that sin that they're doing is okay for them to do. They will go so far as to say to me, I've prayed about it, right? And God has confirmed to me that it's okay for me to live in this lifestyle or whatever. 
my reply is, once again, lovingly and graciously, no, God did not speak to you. And no, God did not give you permission to live in that sin. And people get upset. Pastor Travis, how do you know what God spoke to me? And I say, I don't know what you've been hearing. And I don't know who's been speaking to you. Because maybe something has been speaking to you. Well, I'm telling you right now, it's not God. Because what you're doing, how you're living, the things you're indulging in, clearly have already been once delivered to all of us. And you're outside of that. You are not special. You're not unique. You have not received some special dispensation so that you can indulge in a sin that no one else can. And sin. Real quick, I'm going to say this as well. And... Um, if I get going, someone come to say, stop, okay? <laughs> Move on. But I want you to know this about false teachers, guys. Not only are they among us, but I want you to understand this. False teachers are not saying things you don't want to hear. Like, they say some amazingly lovely things that the flesh wants to hear. They say things that you want to do, and they look beautiful. They're lovely people. They dress well. Right? They smile well, and they're saying everything you want to hear. They'll talk about things like, man, 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 it's your destiny. Let me, te- ah, let me tell you something, church. According to Genesis chapter 3, we are born both by choice and nature's sinner. sinners. The only destiny any of us got apart from Jesus Christ is separation from God. That's the destiny but it is easy to listen to someone telling you what you want to hear and they're very likable. Jude saying, be careful, be careful, be careful. It's been delivered once for all. It's in the Bible. You got to study it. You got to know it. You got to get godly counsel. You got to be among the believers. All right, now he's going to shift. I'll speed up a little bit here. Um, He's going to shift, okay? He's going from... From, 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 from that, addressing that, now he's going to address specific concerns. Let's look at this, the concerns addressed. Let's get specific here. You made your case. Let's get specific. Verse 4. For certain people have crept in unnoticed who long ago were destined for this condemnation, ungodly people who pervert the grace of God into sensuality and deny our only Master and Lord Jesus Christ. I think I was thinking about this. I think if I was to ask the average Christian, what is the greatest threat to Christianity, I believe many of us, if not most of us, would probably say, the greatest threat is persecution. We might even say consumerism, secularism, I don't know, apathy. In other words, I think most of us believe the greatest threat to Christianity is from the outside. But Jude would say, no, that's not true. The biggest threat to Christianity does not come from the outside, it comes from within. The most devastating attacks on the truth comes from those who claim to love it and believe it, but in fact are assaulting it. Here's an odd thing that I've seen. I've seen this. When we, when the church is attacked from the outside, we unite. We do. Man, you attack us, I don't <laughs> you attack us, first thing we're going to do, we're going to boycott you. <laughs> That's what we do, man. We, we, but we, we get united, what unites us. Attack from the outside, unite. Attacks from the inside, divide us. They do. 
They confuse us and they divide us. And Jude says here, he's got three specific concerns. Real quick, first one is this, the presence of false teachers. That's his first, control, his first, first concern. Here's what he says, verse four. For certain people have crept in unnoticed. And Jude's like, hey guys, this is not hypothetical. He's saying, this was sent to many churches. He's saying, they're in the house. They are in the house. This is not a drill. This is not a fire drill. You need to know that these guys are present and among us right now. And then he says, they got there by, look, look, look. He says, they crept in unnoticed. Like there's no big fanfare. You, you don't know how they got there. This word crept in the Greek, if you translate it, well, first I'll say this. This is the only place it occurs in the whole New Testament. And it means that they have slipped in secretly with evil intentions. So they come in, they got evil intentions, and Jesus is saying, hey guys, no, be aware, they're here. We don't need to be going on no witch hunt or anything like that. He said, hey guys, they are here. You need to know that. Be on guard. Be ready. All right? They got evil intentions. Second thing he says, the prediction of the false teachers. Continuing in verse 4, he said, who long ago was designated for this condemnation. Once again, two things I, I want to draw out here. We can say several things. First thing I want to say like this, he's saying, he's saying, church, he'd say this to us today too. He said, hey, hey guys, don't be surprised by this. Like this, this ought not surprise you. When he sits up there and he says, hey, there's false teachers. They're in the house today. Don't be surprised. Don't be, it shouldn't surprise you. Um, once again, when we were um, living in, in East Africa, um, we would have um, volunteers um, come out and visit us. Maybe some of you have even visited us and, and stayed with us. I don't know. But volunteers would come and stay with us, okay? And what we would do is after they worked with us, we'd do all sorts of different things. If they worked with us, we'd say, take a day or two off get in our big old four-wheel drive, we'd take them out to the bush, out to the game parks, and we'd go look at animals, all right? That's what we would do. And, and I would tell them this, I would say this, and Charity would too as well. We'd say, listen, 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 you're gonna be in a cabin tonight. It's a pretty basic cabin. But here's what you need to know. Um, once you go to bed at night, don't come out the cabin because there's lions. There's lions, all right? Don't go out there. And we tell them this too, man. If we stop, you don't need to be running out the car. Because there's lions. Lions are everywhere. We tell them all the time, don't go there, there's lions. Don't go there. There's, you got to know there's lions. The, literally, the place is infested with lions, okay? You say it all the time. Then sooner or later, we'd be driving, and we'd run across a big pride of lions, and everybody in the car would just go crazy. I can't believe there's lions here. It's, I can't believe it. And I'm sitting there, I'm driving, I'm thinking, do you think I was lying to you? Do you think I'm just making this stuff up? No, there's lions here. Don't be surprised. Likewise, Jude's saying, hey, God, don't be surprised. Don't act as though you don't been told, haven't been told about this. They're in the house. One more thing I'd pull out that little verse there. He says they were designated for this condemnation. We could say a lot there, but um, I would just say, just like we've been warned that their presence is here, we've been warned for a long time, he also says God's judgment has already been made. It's already been passed. The verdict is condemnation, all right? And the very last thing he looks at is 
the picture of false teachers. He is about to paint for us a blistering picture of what a false teacher looks like. He's not going to give us their mug shot, their face, but he's going to, it doesn't matter 2,000 years ago, 1,000 years ago, or, or, or today. This is the picture. Well, I'll read it. Ungodly people who pervert the grace of God into sensuality and deny our only master and Lord Jesus Christ. Three things real quick. He says this, they are devoid of godliness. They're godless people. Look, careful, notice. He doesn't say they're ugly. He doesn't say they're unlikable. He doesn't say they don't have a pretty smile. No, they could be beautiful, awesome. They could smell really good, man. But he says they're ungodly. They worship God how they see fit. They have no reverence for God. They mock God in their teachings, and they mock God in the way that they speak about him. They do. By the way, I can tell you this. I, I have been in situations where people have been in places, and this Jude would say the same thing, that maybe you go and you hear, I've got a very good buddy who goes to, anyway, he, he's under the teaching of, of, of someone who says untrue things about God. And he'll come back and he'll talk to me, he'll talk on the phone, he's like, but Travis, it feels so good. I was there and people are weeping and crying and all this stuff, and I gotta say time out. I got buddies who've been to a mosque and they heard the, the they, they heard they heard the, the, the crying, you know, the, the, the minaret, and they're like, it's so moving. I started to cry, but I felt the movement of God. You did not feel the movement of God. I've got friends, I'm in East Africa. They're in the Hindu, they're Hindus, different kind. I'm not gonna different things. And you can go and you can see the dancing, you hear the singing, you can get the smoke coming up, you can get the lighting, and they'll come out and they'll say, People from America, they go and they visit. Man, I felt the movement of God in there. That's what Jude is saying. No, 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 God. We don't get to judge based on the way we feel. There is a body of doctrine here. We got to know it. True story, man. I feel pretty good at a taco buffet. Don't mean nothing. But these guys are devoid of reverence for God. They tend to make the flesh Anybody sitting around? They tend to make God a supporting character in your story. Anytime anyone's making God a supporting character in your story, you got to just... And by the way, guys, I don't claim to have it all, right? I want to make sure you understand that. I've already admitted I've thought some very silly thoughts about God. That's why we're a body, right? We're a body of believers. When I err, my prayer is that you would lovingly come up to me and say, Travis, you might have missed that. And then we'll go back and we'll study it, all right? So I'm not claiming to be the authority. What I am claiming to do is preach what Jude is saying, okay? Let's keep moving on. Second way you identify them, their fleshly demeanor. He says, who pervert the grace of God into sensuality. Real quick, um, pervert means to change or alter. What are they changing and altering? It says the grace of God to what? Sensuality. 
Sensuality is a word that means loose living marked by sexual or fleshly pleasure and greed. So in other words, they are taking the grace of God, they are turning it into something that would resemble what they like, what they want, their best life now, whatever it may be, for, for, for fleshly pleasure and for greed. No say, you want that man, you want that woman, no problem. You want to do that outside of marriage? It's okay. God has it covered under grace. They use grace as a license to sin, and they cover up all these things, but their teachings demonstrate it. They've never tasted the grace at all because once you've tasted it, you've got a great desire to, to worship and to obey him. Final thing, he says, they have twisted doctrine. They're twisted doctrine. And deny our only master and Lord, Jesus Christ. Okay, real tricky, but I want to talk about this briefly, and we're going to wrap up. Um, he's not saying they won't say with their mouth that Jesus is Lord and Savior. That's not what he's saying. I've, I've, I've seen some men who will take hold the word of God and say, I believe everything in here. Jesus is my Lord and Savior. And then they proceed to preach things that aren't found in the Bible, okay? He's talking about their lifestyle. There's many men, many women throughout the, throughout, the country, throughout the world who say, Jesus is my Lord, he's my Savior. But he's not. He's not talking about lip service. He's saying a lifestyle. And that's what you got to be careful of. So, I don't know. We could go on. We could go on and on. Oh, and by the way, Jude is, because we still got a couple, five more weeks. Jude really comes unhinged. He really does. And it's a tough book. But I would say this, guys. I believe it is paramount and incumbent on all of us to be good theologians. Be graciously and lovingly good theologians and um, contend for the faith. I was thinking about Jude. Just, just, well, this, I've been thinking about Jude. I don't know how long he waited to write this letter. But at some point, he looked around at the churches and he saw the gospel being twisted. And he's like, I can't handle this anymore. And he says, I will contend for the faith. Now, here's what I thought about. I guarantee you there were other men and women in the church who saw the very same thing that Jude saw and said, you know what? I'm not going to contend. It's kind of messy. People won't like me. Maybe they'll say something bad about me. And they did nothing. And I came to this conclusion. I believe every generation there are Christians who will contend for the faith and there are Christians who will not contend for the faith. But what we got to understand is there's consequences. There's a cost for both. There is a cost if we don't contend. There is. And there is also a cost if we do contend. It's not pleasant. No one likes confrontation. No one likes necessarily contending. But we want to be a people who contend for the faith. And I want to say this clearly. Lovingly, graciously, all right? Lovingly and graciously, but we do. We want to contend for the faith because it matters what we think. Well, I hope this was helpful to you. If while listening, you realized you need to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to help you with that. You can connect with us by clicking the link in the show notes to our website and then clicking the connect card button. 
In our weekend worship services, we are in a sermon series called The Seven Commands of Christ. Jesus gave dozens of commands, and as followers of Jesus, we should obey all of them. Over the next several weeks, we are focusing on seven that will change your life. We would love for you to join each week at one of our campuses, or you can attend online. You will find service times by clicking the link in the show notes to our website. You know, there's so many ways for you to get involved and be a part of what God is doing here at Silverdale, and we really want you to feel welcome and a part. So please, stay connected. Be sure to like and follow us on the different social media accounts. You'll find all the links in the show notes of this episode. And lastly, help us spread the word about this podcast. Take a moment to share this episode with your family and friends. Again, we appreciate you listening and hope you will join us again next time.